0: Episode 13 of the Pitch Podcast. Adelaide United family. Hello, Jared here. After, well, look, let's say a successful mixed results. Weekend. First of all, congratulations to our Liberty A-League women's side for cementing a spot in the finals. This is amazing. We'll speak to our special guest about that. Um, It's an amazing feat. Hard work from Adrian Stenter and the side, and we are looking forward to a match that we have against a team that we know how to play against to hopefully be one uh, one game away from a grand final. So we'll get to all that. The men were awesome. Welcome home, Perth Glory. Sucked in, we beat you. That was fantastic to see the boys get the job done against Glory that wanted to get uh, the result in front of their home fans but a Ture masterclass Hiroshi Ibisuki and um, we're playing really well at the moment so things are looking really good now the thing about podcasts is there's no real time that you need to be specific because you can be listening to this in 10 years and it can still be relevant. But I think it's really important today that we welcome our special guest on International Women's Day. That is Matilda McNamara from Adelaide United. So happy International Women's Day and thank you for joining us on the Pitch Podcast.
1: Thanks for having me and yeah, happy International Women's Day to you. It's very <laughs>
0: exciting um, and, and I can say that because this time two years ago um, I was probably at the best event I've ever worked at in my whole life and I've been lucky enough to work at some special events, but this one was really special because I worked at the Women's World Cup in cricket at the MCG in front of 86,000 people and it was amazing on International Women's Day and... I I keep saying I talk about this all the time because I've got two young girls at home to be able to be a father of daughters and see the opportunities that are being presented as they should be now for women. It's exciting. So International Women's Day is a really important thing to reflect and be grateful of the hard work that women do, but also the challenges that women have faced and continually (laughs) face, especially in sport too, right?
1: Yeah, exactly. It's a good day to reflect on all the things you've achieved so far, but then also, you know, everything we still need to progress and I think sport really shines a light on some of the inequalities that still exist and you know I remember watching that cricket match and seeing how amazing it was and yeah. the crowd that they could get to it and um yeah it was a really moving day
0: let's talk about the weekend uh it was a uh, it was interesting because obviously Sydney FC come to Cooper Stadium and they secure the premier's plate so they get to do their celebration and we lose one nil, right so I want to break that down in a moment but no matter what happened on the weekend we had secured a finals position how is that feeling going into a match knowing uh probably an unfamiliar feeling because really there's no matter what happened we've made the finals so is there a chance that you can be a bit complacent and go doesn't really matter where we're at we've still got finals like what's going through your head
1: yeah I think we were we want we knew that Winning the match was only going to aid us and continue on our good momentum going into it. But, you know, we all knew by the time kickoff had occurred that we weren't really playing for anything in particular. Like we had secured third. We couldn't get second anymore. So um, it it was a weird situation, particularly because for so many seasons, it's always come down to lost matches for us, whether it's been trying to make finals or making sure we weren't bottom or whatever it was. It was a weird situation where it was the last match of the season and it really didn't go towards anything mm. in particular. But insane that, we, we wanted to put out a good performance. And, um, you know, there's things to work on, I think. And now we're very comfortable if we were to play Sydney again, you know, in a couple of weeks, um, that we could win that match. And, um, yeah, it wasn't our best performance on the weekend, but... Uh, it, it was good to have it like a first hit out against Sydney. You know.
0: Momentum is a, a fascinating thing in sport and in football because the way that we celebrated after we beat victory a couple of weeks ago, and I'll remember I was speaking to Izzy and she ran back to the group, because I think Stents was, was talking to the group of players. Yeah. Um, that was a really nice moment, but you, you obviously can't get too ahead of yourselves. But is is the weekend's result A good thing, can you look at it and go, it's actually a nice reminder to have a loss where we did against a good opposition who obviously have finished top for a reason, Um, but to address it and go, obviously we want to win every match, but this is a nice reminder to go, it's all good making finals, right? But the mentality of the squad this year has been, We're not just here to make up the numbers and to tick off a successful season by saying we made finals. We've got a job to do and we can mix it with the best. This is a reminder to say our job is not done.
1: Yeah, exactly. I think, speaking to all the girls, if we were only to make finals this season, we'd all be very disappointed with ourselves because I think we have so much more to give and we can go so much further than that. And, you know, if there was a match to lose, that was probably going to be the one. You know, it's a reminder that, you know, we we got to make sure we take every game and take all our chances in games because against the best sides, we're only going to get a handful. Um, so, you know, it, it's a match that we'll probably do a bit more of a review on this week, but we're looking on to victory this weekend and um, we're confident that we'll, you know, do well again in that, that one coming up.
0: Going to talk about victory in a moment. Um, let's reflect on the season of. Fiona and Chelsea. So Fiona takes away the golden boot. Chelsea's pretty close. Um, It was neck and neck at at one stage, but I've spoken to Fiona um, on the pitch podcast and it's just, her story's fascinating because she was pretty much the last person signed uh, in the A-League women this season. (laughs) And um, we could see that that was really affecting her at the the end of last year when she didn't have a contract. Mm -hmm. So to get an opportunity um, and to, I guess, pay back the faith that, Stents and the club has shown in her. Um, how's she been around the the change rooms? Obviously, she's got she's. Got, I've, I've said to her that she's got a chip on her shoulder in the nicest way possible. She's got a yeah. point to prove that her job's not done either.
1: No, I I think her and Chelsea both had such good season. It's probably been forever since anyone scored ten plus goals. Alone, two players in our team have scored that many goals in a season. It was really quite phenomenal. Um, and yeah, Fiona's such a such a weird story in the sense that. Last season she signed and, you know, had to do so much work outside of football just to keep her visa. You could see how taxing it was on her. And then this year not having to do that, she's just performed absolutely phenomenally. And, um, yeah, I think now, you know, she's pretty confident that she could come back to the team and, you know, not have to go through all the trials and tribulations of trying to get a contract for next year. She's really proved herself at this level. Um, and I think, you know, I really enjoy Playing with her and off the pitch, she's so amazing and funny, and it's really um, a great addition to the squad that she was there this year. I think, um, even though for so long we were unsure whether or not she'd actually was going to be signed this year.
0: It's going to be funny, isn't it? Because she's she's gone from a player that struggled to get a contract anywhere to in the off season. If you think of it like logically every club is going to be speaking with her. So she's gone from having no offers to probably having an offer from every side in Australia, and then Mm -hmm. you think about potentially overseas.
1: Yeah, exactly. That's why, you know, I know she loves the team here and loves the environment, so I'd feel pretty confident that she'd want to come back here. Um, And she loves living in Adelaide. But in saying that, she's had such a good season. She's going to get offers from everyone. Um, And, yeah, it's just such a weird change that 12 months can do for her career, whereas last season she wasn't even sure if she was going to play here again. And now she's pretty confident she can play in any team in this league and yeah, you know, deservedly. She's played so well this year.
0: It's a good sign for the local um, WMPL too because then if you see Chelsea going back and Fiona going back and they've both had outstanding seasons leading into the A-League women's season and mm-hmm. if it wasn't for Fiona being really selfish and kicking heaps of goals in that one game <laughs> um, <laughs> then Chelsea would probably be the person that's taken away the golden boot. But yeah. Chelsea again has been consistently such a good performer and they're both really different players as well. The way yeah. that they present on the pitch, like both their, their body language is different, the way that they move and and Chelsea again has shown why she's one of the best in in Australia too and that's Mm. why that her name was being thrown around for Matildas
1: yeah I think you know it is inevitable that she should get a call up based on the season that she's had um and she's such a different player to Fiona that it's really good that we have both of them in the team um and I'm just really happy for her because she's had really bad injuries throughout the past, you know, three seasons that we've kind of been playing together at this level. And she's finally got a lot of games under her belt this year without too much interruption. And I think it really showed what she could do when she could have, you know, a couple of months without an injury stopping her. Um, So, yeah, she's been, you know, I'm so glad she's had a good season as well. And it's not over yet. That's
0: (laughs) the thing, like, there's every... It, there's a story for every player. I love Nano's story. Nano's mm. been around the local league for ages. Your story. We get Paige in this season who's been working a backside off. It's yeah. just everyone has their own story and I just I just love it. Um, victory this weekend is going to be a really interesting match because they were here only a few days ago, basically. Yeah. And it was a, it was fascinating to watch because I don't think that was the real victory we were watching. They had a really poor game. Mm. We played really well. But um, they were also decimated by injury in that match, especially at the end. And I still can't work out that their goalkeeper – Went off injured, right? Stretched at the end of the match, green whistle, like everything, and managed to get up the next week. Yeah. I, what happened there? Because I thought that everyone was crying on the pitch and we're going, like, "That's it, career over." Yeah. She's like, "I'll be right." We're like, "Well, you're not, because you're on the green whistle on the bench."
1: I remember everyone was like, "Oh, she's broken her leg, yeah. like she's fractured her bone into place," and went, oh my god, this poor girl. And then one of the girls was like, "Oh no, no, she's playing this week." My my Hell. friend in victory said she's playing, and we're like. What and she's like, oh, it's just bruising or something like that, or obviously it wasn't serious enough to make her miss the game. Um, yeah, That's that was a bit crazy because in the moment, I, I was really annoyed because uh, Bo got a yellow card from. Her. I was like, oh, it's a fifty-fifty challenge, but the yeah. girl was just so distraught. You know, I felt really bad for her. Um, and then to see her play the, the week later, I was just in utter shock. It was pretty crazy. It's
0: really strange, and I think before I knew that, when when I. Found out that we're playing victory. I thought, okay, this is good for us because mm. they're obviously missing their first choice yeah. keeper and they had some other injuries to key players that were subbed off during that game. But there's a reason that they finished just below us on the ladder and it came really close. Like they're a really tough side with a lot yeah. of experience and, and they know how to play these big matches. So are you expecting them to come um, probably with a bit of a different mentality? And it's not going to be such an easy ride as it was a few weeks or a few days ago.
1: Yeah, I think so. And I think leading up to our match against them, they had a lot of games in a very short period of time. Yeah. A lot of teams did over February, but they had a particularly hard schedule. Um, so I'm excited to play them and, and they won't have that sort of excuse. So it's all, everyone's so tired in our squad um, and they'll be missing, you know, one of their best players in Cooney cross because of her yellows. So it, it should be a really interesting match again. And I don't think it will be as easy as, you know, two weeks ago, um, but it would have never been going to be that easy because it's a finals match and there's everything to play for. Um, So I'm really excited to play them again this weekend and to do it at Coopers as well will be really good.
0: Yeah, I want to talk about that. So no disrespect to Martin, but the fact that we've had so many games at Coopers. Now this is from obviously uh, a supporter-based thing. Broadcaster wants to get um, the best pitcher, which is great. But for for you players, are you starting to think now, well, it's about time. Like we should be playing all of our games at Coopers and fans are coming out to watch the games, which is awesome. And I I love that about the the match we played um, against Victory. We had so many fans out prior and that wasn't just to watch the game on afterwards. That was to watch your game. Yeah. So to have that, it's it's just showing that the fans are continually coming along. And if Coopers is there, we should be playing there.
1: Yeah, I think so. I think for most of the girls they kind of see Coopers as our home ground, like we don't – some of the girls haven't even played any games at Marden this year, Yeah. Um, and it's been really great. And it was so weird up until like this season coming um, – Me and a few of the girls from South Australia were saying how we've played more game at Cooper's for, like, our NPL teams, like, locally than we ever have for United. We've played, like, one or two games here the entire time we've been part of the club. Um, And now it kind of feels like very much our home base as an entire club, and we're not just off at Martin, you know, doing our own thing. Um, And, yeah, it's so good to play here. We really, really enjoy it. and. Yeah, it very much unifies the club, I think, a bit more. And we do get a decent crowd here most of the time. Even in our standalone matches, it's been pretty good. Um, So, yeah, hopefully that can continue.
0: Before we start finding out a little bit about your football journey, what's the mentality and the message from Stents been leading up to this weekend? Obviously, you're still reflecting on what happened over the weekend. Um, But leading into the finals, can you give a little bit of insight in, in regards to what was said post-the-victory match against or amongst your teammates, you know, in training leading up to the Sydney match? Has it been, um, like we said earlier, this is just the beginning. We need to keep believing on what we can do and, yeah, let's enjoy the now, but we've still got a handful of games left.
1: Yeah, he's very much been stating that he wants more from us, that, you know, finals, as good as it is that we've made this achievement, that's not all we've got to give. And, yeah, he continues to say he wants more, he wants more, so – as a player group, I think all of us believe you know we can do that, um, and I think the focus will really shift to victory this week to try and correct all the errors we made against them two weeks ago. It is a really unique situation where we've only played them you know a couple of weeks ago, and we have it fresh in our minds of what we need to do. Um, so yeah, we're all really looking forward to it and, you know, it was a disappointing performance against Sydney, but all things con- considered, we're still pretty positive looking to this weekend.
0: So your football journey, um, you spent a bit of time with Adelaide and then you said, you know what, I'm going to have some time off. Yeah. So <laughs> can you talk us through this Out where you, where you started, how you got to the club and then when you said, no, you know what, I'm just going to press pause on my career for a little bit.
1: Yeah, well, I kind of was playing, you know, with the state system, the NTC system. NTC system all throughout high school. And in my, um, in the summer from year 11 to 12, I got signed for the first time for Adelaide. And um, how old were you then? Were
0: you like 17?
1: Yeah, I turned 17 that okay. summer. Um, so yeah, I enjoyed it. But at that point, we, you know, there wasn't really much support for the players. And I really struggled to enjoy the season. And um, I, I just couldn't really see where football was going to fit in my life, especially going into year 12 and really focusing on my studies for the year, I, I didn't see why I was wasting all this time playing football when I wasn't enjoying it anymore. Um, and it just felt like it was taking all the time out of out of my life that I could be spent, you know, studying and looking for, you know, all my friends are sitting exams to try to get into the best university courses they could. And I was just spending all my time going to soccer training in the evenings, getting home exhausted and then doing homework till 1am or whatever it was. Um, I think that sort of mentality and all of that really just took all of the enjoyment out of football for me. So I just decided, you know what, I'll take a year off. And if I miss it, I'll come back. And if not, you know, it is what it is. You know, we'll see what happens. And after that, I, I really did miss it after the year. I missed having a team sport that I could do with people. Um, so, so you weren't playing
0: any football at all?
1: I didn't do any club football, nothing. I just kind of, um, you know, went to the gym, did running and things like that that I enjoyed and really just focused on university for that first year and... Um, I had always felt like I was just, I had more extra time than I ever, ever had in my entire life and I was like, well, what am I filling this with? I didn't need all that time to do study and things like that. And then I s- decided, okay, I'll go back play WNPL again. Um, and I did that for a year and then I went overseas with university and did an exchange over what would have been the summer for the W Where did you league. go? I went and studied in the Netherlands for like a semester. Oh, wow. Um, And that was really fun and enjoyable, but again, wasn't playing football, wasn't really on my radar. I I didn't really see myself coming back to play at this level, if I was going to be completely honest. I didn't think I really had it in me at that point. And then I came back and played WNPL, and that was the year that I first signed when Ivan was still coach. And he just saw that, you know, I trained with the boys a bit, Um, the the youth team, which a lot of the girls did, in our WNPL season to try and you know prepare ourselves for selection for the team and and ended up getting signed but didn't really play much that first year but really at that point I was like okay you know what you know if I'm going to be here I may as well give it a good crack and that's kind of when I had that sort of breakout season last year even though you know I was one of the older players in the squad even then. How old are you now? I'm 23 now.
0: You're so old, yeah. I
1: know, I feel
0: it. It's the worst podcast if I ever <laughs> want to feel old. I just get all you guys on who say how old you are and I'm like 15 years older than you.
1: <laughs> it okay. is strange though because our team but is I'm old. so young. Oh, okay. And I yeah. feel young. <laughs> oh, yeah, that oh, as well. Yeah. <laughs> but you yeah, know, I pretty can much- I say, I'm sorry. That
0: <laughs> I, it's really hard for me to hear what you said in the best way possible because yeah. it is so courageous for you At your age to say, and correct me if I'm wrong, but what I'm hearing from you is at that age, you fell out of love with the game Mm -hmm. and it wasn't your focus and you identified where your focus needed to be.
1: Yeah, pretty much.
0: As a kid to do that in a sport, which has um, a very quick lifespan, like you don't want to miss your opportunity. If I said that, and uh, I don't mean this disrespectful to any of the boys, but- majority of the the young lads growing up saying that they would be like i don't care if i train five ten times a week and play four games on the weekend this is my life then they realize later on in life that they fell out in love with the game and it just became routine the fact that you can identify that at a young age that's a really it's a really strong character trait for you to be able to do which i'm sure has set you up to realize um, first of all, you get your studies in order, but then you're like, I know what love is when it comes to football. Did yeah, you find that?
1: I did. Yeah. It was a really weird period. Cause I feel like it's very much so many, I guess young people really struggle. What am I going to do with my life? You know, once you finish school and lots of the girls have this, you know, football opportunity, but I guess when you're a girl growing up, you don't really see how I'm going to make any money playing football and, you know, you're not asking for the biggest salaries in the world, but like, how are you going to pay rent and like pay for your food if you're training all the time, especially for me, because I very much, with my studies, was wanting to do it full-time. And I, What were you we I, studying? I started doing a um, Bachelor of Health and Medical Science and really yep. wanted to get into, like, pharmaceutical research and things like that, which just demanded a lot of lab time in person. And it was very hard to try and balance doing that when the schedules for soccer could change so quickly. Um, and I am I have pretty poor time management at, at the best of time, so I... Um, very much I'm like all in when I do things um, and then so like this year with my soccer I've kind of decided okay I'm not going to choose that sort of career path I'm going to do something a bit different um, that I can hopefully have a career on and whilst I play soccer that balance is a bit better and you know maybe I'll go back to do that sort of thing that I was quite passionate about once I finished my career but at this point I have so much love playing soccer now that I don't really need to get that from you know my other career, I guess, outside of football. And it's that weird balance, and Fiona's the same, where the sort of passion that you have or degrees that you can get at university don't translate well with playing football. You know, she has a master's degree, how is she going to use that while she's playing football full-time? And it's trying to find that balance that I think players in the future hopefully can, you know, get a bit more assistance in doing um, so they can pursue both both passions.
0: Or they are in a position to be uh, compensated financially enough to go, yeah. I can worry about the rest later. Do you feel yeah. that you're, you're now part of a generation of young women that are paving the way for the next generation to go, maybe one day they'll go, well, thank you for helping provide the pathway for us to have, whether it is equal pay, equal opportunity, um, and not having to worry about finding other sources of income because yeah. you go, well, I'm a professional for the next 10, 15 years. Financially, I'm set. And then I can worry about the rest later.
1: Yeah, I hope so. I hope that's the sort of legacy our generation leaves behind. Even in the sense of when you're playing, you don't even have to work a a part-time job because you know you have enough money coming in that you don't have to worry about those little expenses. Even if, you know, your sort of career path post-football can start after football. You don't have to start it maybe as you're doing it. Um, That would be a really nice legacy to leave. Or even just, you know, when I was a kid growing up, I don't remember seeing any football on TV in Australia. I didn't even know it was an option unless you were one of the best, best players that was coming out of South Australia to ever really consider doing it professionally. Um, and I hope girls, you know, any young girls watching this now, see that there is that pathway that's being paid for them, that they can make that choice, you know, in high school, that they can still play sport. They don't have to drop it to, to focus on their studies. Yeah. There is that, that pathway there for them now.
0: Before we go to the uh, viewer and listener questions, can you identify what made you fall back in love with the game before you left it? Yeah. So what moments that you're like, wow, this is why I started playing football and those moments that you hold on to?
1: I think really it was the, the team aspect of it that I just missed so much. The going to trainings and just, you know, goofing around with the girls before the session and then also the joy that you get when you do, you know, achieve something as a team. I really, you know, I didn't have that doing anything else that I was doing outside of football. I'm sure a lot of sports bring that. And then I also probably was watching more football than I ever watched in my entire life. And I just, I just missed being out there and missed playing. I missed running around. Um, and yeah, I guess when I came back I kind of realized how much I, I had missed that. And, you know, I guess it, it's a nice position to be in in knowing that I, I've took time off and I can't ever see myself taking time off again. It was just, you know, it wasn't a miserable time in my life by any means, but I was just knew something was missing. And um, it's nice to now know that football holds a really important part, place in my heart. Um, and I get so much joy from my life out of it.
0: Do you, this is a, a weird question. So just go with it. I'm a bit of a weirdo. Do you recommend that people at least once in their life, take time away to reflect on, the importance of what they're missing out on. The reason I say this is because without making this about me, so um, a couple of years ago, I lost my job. Yeah, And I recommend people do that at least once in their life because it allows you to um, reflect on the importance. So if I ever want to go back into that industry, I'm going to really know what the important parts are and what I kind of yeah. love about it. So if, if it's a month, if it's uh, a year, if it's a week to just stop and reflect and go, okay, this is what I love about it.
1: Yeah, I think, you know it really would benefit people and have that reflection of their life just to realize, am I just doing this because I'm doing it because it's a habit or do do I actually enjoy doing it? And sometimes until you take that time off, you can't realize and distinguish the two. Um, and I've seen kind of young players who have really stressed with the balance as well. And, you know, often people are like, you can't take time off, you can't take time off. And I'm sometimes in there, area be like, you know what, if you need to take a few months or six months or a year even to just get your head straight, I think it will really benefit you in the end. And I think we see it with a lot of female athletes who do take time off, um, that they come back 10 times better players when they were left, just because they've had the time to really reflect. And yeah, I think it can translate to all industries, really. It's just a a thing that people struggle to do is take a time and pause and really in, and see what they enjoy in their lives.
0: I agree. I love this <laughs> chat. Um, this is either going to be a better part or the worst part of it because we go to <laughs> the viewer and listener questions. Um, Matilda, how do we follow you on social media? What's your social media accounts?
1: I am on Instagram as mm-hmm. Matilda underscore McNamara. Yep. Um, and that's about it.
0: <laughs> so any of these questions, before I look through them, any of these questions asked about cat noises? Oh, no. no. Okay. So, can you? Because uh, yeah, can you? Kayla's done the cat noise. So, can you show us your cat <laughs> impersonation, please? Before we get. Over?
1: Oh, I can't believe. I don't know who posed this question last week, but I feel like it. You know, broke the trust a bit of the away trip. You know, totally what's, agree. What happens on a away trip stays there. Yep. Um. Meow. I don't know. Good.
0: I'm glad I asked. <laughs> okay. So this is from <laughs> Chloe Lau 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 on Instagram. Book recommendations, please. You a reader.
1: Yeah. Oh, I've tried. That was one of my New Year's resolutions to try and read a bit more fiction because I used to look, read a lot of nonfiction, but, you know, it, fiction's good. I read, um, Chloe's probably read this one because everyone's talked about it. The Song of Achilles recently. That was a very good book. What's it about? It's about, it's like a retelling of the Greek mythology of Achilles and Patroclus as like a, a gay love story. Mm-hmm. It's pretty interesting.
0: Okay. Uh, Tim Baker on Instagram. <laughs> Told you, that these <laughs> guys here find a way just to get themselves into this. I'm fine with it because they're the ones that put up the podcast and, video <laughs> and stuff. So um, it's a very long question. So here oh we go. Gosh. I notice you like reading books, oh. and so does Dylan. Have you guys ever thought of hosting your own book club podcast? And we'll do it of the club.
1: Oh. <laughs> Did you write that? <laughs> yes, clearly not a reader himself. No, I'm going
0: to read it word for word. <laughs> Have you guys ever thought of hosting your own book club podcast? And we'll do is of the club. We'll call it AUFC book club with Matilda and Dylan.
1: <laughs> For the club, you know what? For the club. Very open. Well, I remember last season we had decided, oh, let's have a book club as like a team. Yeah. But then it just devolved into like let's have a cheese club, let's have a wine club, and then we okay, all join those clubs. Yeah, that's that's all it turned into, and then we all just ditched the book aspect. So of do you it. have a cheese club? No, we we stopped doing that. you have a wine a, club? We were going to and then we... Oh, so it's you've got it's no hard clubs. to have a wine club mid-season, I no, think.
0: No? Wine isn't drinking. Wine isn't <laughs> no, drinking.
1: No, it's not. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's what I tell myself. <laughs> <laughs> um, responsibly, of course, yeah. think road Maybe. safety. Um, <laughs> Liv McNamara, favourite sibling?
1: Um Wilson, my dog. Favourite sibling. He's, he's pretty much a human. What sort so of dog? It's a Grudel. I was about to ask you if you like
0: Grudels because I'm thinking you're getting (gasps) brutal. Absolutely. That's
1: such a human. It's ridiculous. Like so much personality. But we also didn't train him very well. So he just kind of does what he wants. Well, he's
0: inside and stuff.
1: No, not like that. But more just like we'll jump on the couch or like demand a treat sort of thing. Do they shed lots of hair? No, don't shed at all.
0: Yeah. See, I've got a golden retriever and she's on like, she's at the back end of her life. So it's really sad. But I'm trying to think of like, Next dog. Yeah. Um, Grudel, I reckon, would be quite nice. No, Grudel was good. Um, how old's a Grudel?
1: He's 10 now.
0: Yeah, okay. Yeah. Uh, Isabel Hodgson on Instagram. Is Michaela Hodgson the best defender Adelaide United has ever had?
1: <laughs> I think so. <laughs> she has a pretty good record.
0: Annie Grove on Instagram. What's – can I just say?
1: <laughs> no. Annie
0: is doing nothing to dispel the myth that goalkeepers are weirdos, okay? <laughs> so if gorillas were to invade over time, oh, sorry, if gorillas were to invade, over time, would humans evolve back into gorillas or would gorillas turn into humans? Annie, you are banned from the podcast.
1: <laughs> I don't even understand. What does she mean by invade? Do we not already have gorillas that, like, exist?
0: Great point. Yeah. You need to think about these questions, um, Annie. Don't answer it. No. Just don't. Just, any. <laughs> uh, Braden on Facebook What's been the highlight Of your career so far
1: Making finals With Adelaide United I think
0: Lauren Talbot On Instagram Would you rather score A header from a corner Or make a game winning Blocked shot
1: Oh I do like scoring From headers But probably the uh, Probably a blocked shot You know Get a lot of high fives From the team I think
0: That's it Who's got the best Goal celebration You know What about Fiona No she one has celebrated. any Fiona's I like know. Yeah That's what I do I
1: Yeah <laughs> She needs to work on, we've been practicing them, so hopefully she has a few good ones coming.
0: Let's hope so. Um, <laughs> Jonathan Mabibi, is it true that Jono taught you everything to know about soccer?
1: Oh yeah, definitely. Um, he was you know a great inspiration for me.
0: Good. Seamus8 <laughs> on Twitter, do you model your play as a central defender on anyone in particular or do you incorporate different aspects of your game from lessons learned along the way?
1: Uh, yeah, definitely the latter. Just learn learn on the way, see what I'm good at and try and... Do those things well.
0: Robbie Mad Dog Anderson on Twitter, who in the squad is the weirdest pre-game habit. And what is it?
1: Uh, Fiona. And she always just has to be the last one out. Like, whistle will be blown, ready to start the game. She's just running out of the change room every single game. I feel like it is a habit at this point, not yeah. just disorganization.
0: That's weird because she was the last person out in the match against Victory and then she scored, like, within 60 seconds yeah. of the second half. Strange cat, Fiona Wurtz. Um, <laughs> Ramos 3825 on Instagram, favorite place to
1: eat? um i don't know uh there's a good vietnamese restaurant called Noi in adelaide which is really good eggplant
0: (laughs) ben axford 33 (laughs) on instagram best player you've played against
1: um did
0: you just crack your elbow
1: then that was my knee i'm sorry (laughs) (laughs) is that okay yeah yeah i'll be fine does that always happen sometimes if i've been sitting down for too long i guess maybe are you bored Probably, no. <laughs> okay. um, right. No, I. Can't I, even crack I my best player. Oh, really? No, can you? I like crack my Do it all into microphone. Like ASMR?
0: Oh, no, don't do that. Sorry. <laughs> 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 oh, my God, I feel uncomfortable.
1: <laughs> best, uh, best player you've played against? I don't know. Cool. Um, uh, <laughs>
0: round 16 or RD16 football on Instagram. What's your favourite boost juice?
1: Oh, um, Mango Magic?
0: Yeah, not bad. <laughs> Door burp one on Instagram. You've had a great season. What do you see as your greatest attribute?
1: Um, my tackling. Sure, why not?
0: <laughs> Aliraza.hassani on Instagram. Have you ever been nutmegged and do you like to nutmeg your own teammates?
1: I get nutmegged all the time. Mm. I, I think it's my long limbs, um, but then, yeah, I'll try nutmeg everyone just to make myself feel better.
0: <laughs> Can I ask a question that hasn't been put on the questions? Sure. Um, what's going on with your
1: accent? Oh, yes. Um, well, <laughs> I find this really funny because whenever I listen to, like, games back, they're like, oh, Matilda and her American heritage. And I'm like, I just live there lived there. You lived there for a while, yeah? Yeah, my family moved there. Well, my dad got a job there, so we lived there for, like, six years or so. Is your dad American? No. We have, like, my parents are from, my mom's from the country in Adelaide and dad just lived in South Australia his whole life. Um, I don't know. i just there at the right time to get an action. How old
0: were you overseas?
1: Three till, like. 10 maybe or something. And no, not that old. Three to six, In Colorado. It's um, very, very profound. <laughs> I feel, it's so weird because I just don't hear it at all. But there's definitely, I don't know. I just can't drop. And it's the worst part is I have three siblings and none of them have their accent anymore. So really? at like family yeah. gatherings, I just sound like I'm putting on an accent and everyone's like, but what is she right doing? Though,
0: like it's that, that time of your life. That perfect when you're, age when you're
1: just yeah. learning to read and speak and... I don't know. Maybe, you know, someone could do a study on my family and figure out why. I just kept my accent and no one else did. Well, I like it. And uh,
0: <laughs> I would have put that in the question time, guys. So that was uh, Did no one ask that? Someone did, yeah, but we thought
1: you would
0: bring it up. Someone did, but what Tim decided to do was put his book on <laughs> question in instead.
1: <laughs> I'm excited <laughs> to do yeah, this we'll now. No,
0: it's fine. It's fine. Um, Matilda, How, how am I, is Matilda very formal? What does everyone call you?
1: Uh, Matilda Tilds, Tilly Literally I just respond to anything Somewhat similar to my name I guess Okay Well
0: thank you very much For taking <laughs> the time to have a chat It's been great to spend some time with you And get to know you And uh, look As we know You need to sign this With the, yes. uh, the Kayla Sharple please um, <laughs> And Uh, It's been a great season so far, but we know the job's not done. So um, it's International Women's Day when we are recording this. I don't know when this is going to be live, but are we allowed to say when the game is and where the game is? Because apparently we have some idea when the game is and where the game is, but if it hasn't been announced yet, so let's just say there's a chance that the game is going to be um, around the Cooper Stadium area. Let's just say that. Um, But we don't know Allegedly The game is going to be Around the Cooper Stadium Area On Sunday Maybe It might not be But if it is It's going to be Before The Newcastle Jets game In the Isuzu A-League men Allegedly I'm just saying It's a (laughs) rumour I heard from nobody in particular. So, good luck. If we win this weekend, then we'll play the loser of 1v2. Mm-hmm. And we win that. We are in the grand final. Just just get this. Oh, man. How good would it be Three to kick weeks. victory out? I know oh, that. Get stuffed,
1: victory. That is <laughs> so
0: good. I will be there. I can't wait. Um, And we are going to give this away at the end of the season. Did you touch the...
1: I'm oh, sorry, oh,
0: oh, <laughs> I've done it again. Gosh, just... This is good though. Social Dizzy. High five. Thanks for your time. And (laughs) this has been the Pitch Podcast. Well, okay. This person's not joining the army anytime soon. (laughs) Oh, gosh. (laughs) You get it? It's good? Yeah, I got it. Should we just end this?
1: I think so. Okay, great.
0: (laughs) Catch you next week. Thanks, Adelaide United (laughs) family. Peace out.
1: (laughs) Peace out. (laughs)